Welcome back, everybody, to the IKP, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Um, hope everybody's doing well, feeling wealthy, healthy. Um, you know, continue to stay uplifted during these uh, tough times. But you, we will get through it. We'll get through it together. Um, like I said, I'm here to bring a sense of normalcy. I want to also, I, you know, I, you know, I've been listening to the few, last few podcasts. Uh, I, it would be it would be profound of me if I did not. And, uh, you know, acknowledge the, the you know, the, the people that's on the front line serving, um, you know, that's in these hospitals that are deemed essential, that are working and putting their lives on the line um, and trying their very best to curve and limit and manage this outbreak and pandemic. So thank you to those who are all around the world and mainly throughout this country that is on the front line uh, risking their lives, uh, have families, and they're going into the job every day. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you, guys. You guys are the real superheroes. Um, so we're going to get into some Tua Tagovailoa Tua talk. Uh, I have Dak, Dak and the Cowboys. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna get, I, got, I got something special for the Dak, Dak and the Cowboys and what I'm going to break down and how I think their season is going to go. I'm going to give you one aspect of that. Um, and we, you know, just some football talk. I cannot wait to get into it. So without further ado, let's get it. Let's get it started. Um, after this quick break. Welcome back. Let's get started. Let's get right into it, guys. Let's get right into it. So, saw some reports. You know, the big time shows are talking about it. I saw other networks talking about it. I saw other shows talking about it. And I also, I, so, you know, this big thing that I'm talking about is Tua Tungvaloa. So, there has been some teams around the league that has really raised flags and has basically has questioned, is the risk higher than the reward? And I'm going to break that down. Is the risk higher than the reward? But these two teams, we don't know who they are. We don't know who these, te- who these two teams are who are having some big-time question marks about Tua's health. We do not know who these teams are. Um, now, with both of these teams, I, I, don't, know, I don't know who they are. Uh, I would assume that they are within <clears throat> the top 10. Tua, let me tell you what I like about Tua. Tua, 
mature kid, came into the scene at the SEC, at a, no, not in the SEC title game, the national title game, takes over in the second half. He wins Alabama the national title game due to his performance. Um, Jalen Hurns got pulled. Jalen Hurns couldn't really stretch the field. Tua to Tagovailoa came in as a true as a true freshman and truly dominated and took over that game against a really good Georgia team, uh, a Georgia team who is a powerhouse, you know, football program in in the nation, uh, and they have they typically have. Great NFL guys. That's who Georgia is. And early, young, Tua Tagovailoa came in and stepped up and just took over that game and put his mark on that game, left his mark on that game truly. And since then, he with the two, you know, since then he has shown us nothing but. He's he's given us no reason to doubt his skills. So. Like with you know, when it comes to Tua, the question marks are not about his skills because he he's, he has great accuracy, doesn't have the strongest arm. His arm is not like Josh Allen's or Patrick Mahomes. He, he doesn't have that type of arm, but his arm is really good. Uh, his, his athletic mobility. Um, I don't. I think people overrate his athleticism. To me, to me, that's that's just me. I think people overrate his athleticism, but. He is pretty athletic. He he can move around. Um, I I I've heard the Drew Brees comparison. I I agree with that comparison. A uh, younger Drew Brees was um was looked a lot like Tua. Very uh, you know not very athletic, but athletic. Where you know I don't know if you guys remember Drew Brees, but young younger Drew Brees, but younger Drew Brees was was a, a little bit mobile than what he is now. Obviously, um, and that's what I see with Tua. Uh, for me, when I first saw Tua, I thought Russell Wilson, you know, because he was mobile, he could throw it, he was accurate, he, you know, he's really good off the play action. I automatically thought Russell Wilson. The more and more I watched him, dissected his game, he's not as dependent on his, you know, on his playmaking and being off script like Russell Wilson. Tua can drop back, sit back, deliver passes. An entire possession. Now, obviously, with the you know with his legs, that is another added dimension to his game. That is that that can that can be very useful. <clears throat> they can be very useful. That's what Tua is. That's what Tua has shown us. Uh, and this kid has done, of course, nothing but win because he's at Alabama. Now, I understand there's a health concern. I understand that there's a health concern, and he had, and last year he missed four games, and he had a litany of injuries, um, and and these were you know ankle surgery and hip, you know we know about the the big time that's the big time injury is the hip, that the uh, that that's the one that's I mean because if you're a football player you're gonna you're gonna hurt your ankle if you're a football player you're gonna hurt your knee, but the hip is the real big concern because they could be one of those Bo Jackson. Uh, it could be one of those Bo Jackson's Bo Jackson examples where you just wake up and you can't move it and you can't do what you want to do athletically. Now with Tua, uh, you know we've we've seen his medical medical reports. He's fine, but let me tell you something about this league, and this is why I'm I'm wondering who in the who what teams are they like? Who are these teams? Because I'm gonna tell you something about this league. This league, a third of this league, 
has no idea what, what they're doing. A third of this league have owners that just own the team. A third of this league have GMs not have GMs that are horrible. A third of this league, believe it or not, a third of this league, a good portion of it ha- has no idea what they're doing. I- I'm telling you, they have no idea what they're doing. Just look at some of the moves that some teams make. They have no idea what they're doing. They have GMs that they have no idea what they're doing, and they have owners who have no idea what they're doing, so they don't hire the proper GM, the pop, the proper president of operations. They don't hire them. So that's why their team are bad. And it a third of this league is just like that. So I question who are these two teams. I question who, is the, who are these two teams. Because, you know, this is practically criticism. And... It's always be it's always good to be open minded and to, and to be able to take criticism, but if this is like if somebody was criticizing me and you're just a regular blogger in the basement of your parents' house, uh, I, I'm not gonna take that very seriously. But if a higher up was criticizing me, a person that has been doing this for a very long time, that w- you know if they were criticizing me, I would take it. I would be well. I'd be open. So with Tua, I don't know who these teams are, and like I said, a third of this league doesn't have, don't have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. I'm tr- trust me. And plus, I mean, you know, I thought you know the Cleveland, Boston, New York, California. Those were the medical staff. Like these teams that could be that these teams that are you know that have question marks about Tua, are their are their medical staffs good? Because you know, I mean, are their medical staffs good? Because you know, the big time the big time cities like Boston, New York, California, or states cities and states Boston, California, New York, uh, even Cleveland, Cleveland Clinic, they have perfect they have professional top tier. Doctors, you know, and medical staff, at and, you know, because these are prominent, these are prominent uh, medical cities, Boston, California states, or California, New York. These are these are prominent medical states. So you know, all the you know, most of these good, all the good medical schools, all the good medical colleges that are good, that you know, that are good when you know when it comes to medicine. Um, are in Boston, typically, or New York, typically, or California, UCLA Health in California. So, so you, so you see the example. You see the correlation right there. So, is this medical? You know, the teams that is that's you know that has question marks about Tua. Are their medical staff up to par? Is their medical staff up to par? I wonder that. I question that. Also, Tua played in the SEC. The SEC, let me let me remind you guys. The SEC is the most is the most physical conference in college football. The Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 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 12, give me a break. It's a pillow fight every Saturday. It, it's a pillow it's it's a pillow fight every Saturday. It, it, it's it's 40 to 50. It's, it's nothing it's nothing not, not physical at all. It's nothing but speed. Pac-12, nothing physical. Speed, it's a pillow fight. Big Ten, pretty physical. But the SEC is the most physical conference in college football. It's the most physical, it's the most physical 
conference in college football. And that's why usually when these other, you know, these other Big 12, Big Pac-12 schools play these type of teams, they get abused up front because that's when they play SEC because they get abused up front because the SEC is very physical and that's how they scout. That's how they recruit their guys. They want big physical guys on O line. They want you know they typically want big physical receivers and then they have their little slot guys. You know some you know teams do have their slot guys, but most of the time they want they're looking for big physical guys at their at their at their rightful positions. So. I, and, and, and get this, I think, is it, what is injury prone? I typically wonder, what is injury prone? I, I mean, because I look at a guy like Anthony Davis. Yeah, he, he you know, he has little knick-knack, you know, little pick, nick-pick injuries. Okay, he's still a walking 26-9. and nine. He's a walking twenty six and nine. He's gonna be. He's probably. He's probably the best big man in the league. He's a top five player in basketball. But I'm gonna stay with NFL. There's so many quarterbacks that's getting paid and that's leading their teams to Super Bowl and that that to Super Bowls and that's leading their teams to so many wins on a on a yearly basis that are injury prone. What do you consider Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has two, he had two broken collarbones. I often say it on this podcast. I often say Aaron Rodgers is a, another broken collarbone away from like calling it quits because he's had two broken collarbones. He just got paid. Carson Wentz, I mean, is he injury prone or not? Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, Carson Wentz is injury prone. Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. He just got paid, and he didn't. I mean, he didn't win the Eagles the Super Bowl, but he put them in a great position. He put them in prime position to make a Super Bowl run. Look at Houston. Look at all the moves that Houston's making. You think Houston's making all these moves just to make all these moves? I mean, some of you know the moves. Some of the moves have just been you know haven't they, they just they just been foolish. But you realize who they have to pay, right? They're gonna eventually have to pay Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson tore up his knee in college. He tore up his knee his rookie year. He's about to get paid $200 million a year. He's about to get paid $200 million a year. So what is injury prone? The only two quarterbacks that I can think of that, that don't get hurt is Brady and Russell Wilson. And Brady had one year where he messed up his knee. But Russell Wilson, I mean... Just, I mean, like, think about it. I look at a guy like I look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he he had a dislocated kneecap early this year. He came back and won the Super Bowl. So with with Tua, I mean, okay, what if he have injuries? What if, okay, what if he has injuries? And what if let's just say he has he has to he only plays thirteen games. Let's just say he plays thirteen games a year. I think Tua is good enough. To win not eight to nine games, eight to nine of those games, I think he's good enough to win eight out of those thirteen games, nine out of those thirteen games is that worth it i I think that's worth it i I think that's worth it for 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 a guy like Tua okay, let's say he misses three games a year, but he wins you nine the thirteen games he plays in. 
he wins you nine of those. That that's that's pretty much worth it. That is pretty much worth it. So when I don't know what injury prone is, um, because if you go and Tua, you look at a guy like Tua, he's missed four games in college. He's only had one season where he had a he had a riddle of injuries. One season. One season. I'm just saying. Because I, I think about it, I'm I'm thinking, what is injury prone? Is it a guy that typically gets hurt? Because if it's a guy that typically typically gets hurt, would Tua fit in that category as a guy that typically as a guy that typically gets hurt? Where in high school he didn't have injuries, going to college he didn't have injuries, going into his second year of college he faced, I mean his third year of college he faced some, he troubled, he was, you know, faced some injuries. But what is injury prone? I, I, I just want to know. I, I, that's all I want to know. That's all. That's all I want to know. Because he missed, played all 15 games his sophomore year. Then his junior year, he played nine games. He missed the last four games of the season. Is he injury prone? I don't know. Because would you, would you call this guy injury prone? So, because injury prone, I think of injury prone, I think of a guy that typically gets hurt. I mean, it took him three years to get hurt in Alabama. He didn't, you know, he, he didn't play all he didn't play all the games. He didn't start all the games his freshman year because Jalen Hurts was at the was the starter. But then his sophomore year, he played all fifteen games. Then his this, you know, his junior year, you know, this past season, he played nine games and he played hurt. I, I saw I saw I saw him play hurt. I, on a bad on a bad ankle, I saw he I, I saw him throw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns against LSU. LSU's national title. They were the, they were the national champions this year. So what is injury prone? That's what I want to know because there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that if you're gonna say if, if you're gonna say Tua Tagovailoa is injured is injury prone. There's guys in the league that I can point out, point out that's winning games, that's winning Super Bowls, that you would have to consider injury prone. And I just named them. Carson Wentz. If you're going to say Tua's injury prone, then Carson Wentz has to be injury prone. Carson Wentz just got paid $100 million. Carson Wentz had an MVP type season. Carson Wentz is coming off a playoff appearance this year. Deshaun Watson, he blew up, he blew up his knee in college. And then when he got to the pros his rookie year, he blew up his knee again. So what 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 what, what is the what, what is injury prone? Because if two is injury prone, these other guys are injury prone as well. And even if he is, is it worth the risk? I would say yeah. I would say yeah. I don't see why teams that need a quarterback, that are in desperate need of a quarterback, I don't see why you wouldn't draft them. And because I get the injuries, but I I, I I wouldn't pass up on it. Plus, it's not like how it used to be 
10, 10, 15 years ago where, you know, you draft a guy like you, you draft a guy like Sam Bradford or Jamarcus Russell and you got to pay them $100 million as soon as, you know, on their first contract. No. It's a rookie deal. If he doesn't work out, you draft another quarterback. That's literally what Arizona did. Arizona drafted another quarterback. <laughs> That's literally what they did. They say, oh, Josh Rosen doesn't work? Okay, we're going to pick Kyle Murray. Now we're saying Kyle Murray might have a breakout year this year. Draft another quarterback. Like, for instance, if Miami was to draft Tua, they don't necessarily have to play Tua the first year or the first season. They don't have to, pay, they don't have to play him. They can play Ryan Fitzpatrick as they are rebuilding their O-line. You know, that'd be their their defense will be really solid. They don't have you don't have to pay you don't have to play Tua the first year. If he if Tua goes to the Chargers, you can play Tyrod Taylor. You can see how it you can see how it works. Going into the next season, going into year two, you think if you don't think the guy is ready, if you don't think the guy is suited, okay then. You draft another quarterback. But I mean, because you can you can do that. Arizona just did it this past year. Arizona just did they did it last year in the draft. Everybody's like, oh, my God, why would Arizona take a, a quarterback? I'm like, well, Josh, I'm, Josh Rosen doesn't work. So they pick Kyle Murray. So with Tua, if he, if, he, if he turns out that the health is, you know, if he's fortunate with his health, you win because Tua's a really talented quarterback. Tua is, the, I think, prospect-wise, he's the best quarterback in this draft. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't pan out, if it turns out that, you know, health is really like the, the you know, is the is a deterring factor, hey, move on, draft another quarterback the following year. Or we'll draft another quarterback two years, you know, two years down the road. That's what Arizona did. This thing is pretty easy. But I wonder who the two teams are. Because like I said, a third of this team a third of this league is ran poorly. These, some of these teams are ran poorly, and I feel bad for their fan base. I'll catch you guys after the break. I'm back. I'm back. Um, so <laughs> big news out of the Ram out of LA um and Houston. The Rams made not such a surprising trade, uh um, you know, acquiring some draft picks from the Houston Texans to get in um and the Texans landed the uh the you know the slot receiver Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was traded to the Houston Texans. Uh, another, you know, good receiver, but, um, he's not quite DeAndre Hopkins. And, um, I told you guys a couple weeks ago on the pod, on this podcast, on this platform that, uh, Brandon Cooks was going to be on the move because of his contract. And I talked about, I talked about, you know, his contract. I talked about how I think I thought the, I thought the Rams overpaid, for Brandon Cooks, a slot receiver. He's a good slot receiver. Uh, wasn't really productive last year, but 
He's a good slot receiver. He's just been bouncing all around the league, but he's a really good he's a good slot receiver. Uh, I just think they overpaid for him because they already had two good receivers um, in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, and this is just part of the Rams. This is this is just what's going on with the Rams, and it's so funny because, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm, let me get to Houston with Houston. I mean, they get another receiver. Uh, they have Randall Cobb. They got uh, they got Kenny Stills. They have Will Fuller, and now you add Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, they they so they got a good. They still have a solid receiving core. You know, none of these guys are on DeAndre Hopkins level, but it's still a solid receiving core. They're trying to, I, I you know, they're trying to give Deshaun Watson as much, you know, as you know, as many pieces as possible. But to be honest. They haven't improved their defense. They haven't improved their offensive line. Those those are going to be the real things that help Deshaun Watson. Yeah, receivers are nice, but he needs somebody to stop the opposing offense. It would I think I think he would I think it would help him if he didn't have to score thirty points every game. And he can get away with having an off game because if he has an off game, the Houston Texans are done. They they are they they are they are cooked if he has an off game. He cannot allow to he, he he's not allowed to have a, a bad game because if he has a bad game, they're done. They're done. They're one and done. They're, they're so they're very Deshaun Watson dependent. Um, but it would help if you you know if you build them old line. Gave him a run, a somewhat of a running game, or you give him a, a a defense where he doesn't have to score 28, 30 points every game, and he, you know, I think that would just take a lot of pressure and keep him out of harm's way because when he has to score as many points as he has to and have to play at such a high level, you tend to try to make those big plays, and I think this is my this is my part, and this is what I mean about Deshaun Watson. I like him as a talent. I like him as a kid. I like him as a leader. Let me not say kid. <laughs> I like him as a leader. Um, he's he's definitely a guy that I want leading my troops. I, he's definitely a guy. He's definitely like a face of the franchise guy. Um, he 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 has it. But with Deshaun Watson, my biggest thing is he tries to make the big play every time, and. I get why he try he tries to make the big play because he has to. But sometimes I say and I say this about Deshaun Watson a lot. I've been saying this lately about Deshaun Watson a lot. Is you don't have to be Superman every play, but it doesn't help when your defense is not playing well. It doesn't help when your offense is not protecting for you. So I kind of do get why he tries to make those big plays. I do understand why he aims to make those Superman type plays because he has to. He has to. And I want to get back to the Rams because I, 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 you know, I, I noticed something interesting about this whole Rams, Chargers, LA thing going into a new stadium. Just. Mm, let's say two, three years ago, Sean McVay was the was the was the best offensive mind in, 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 in football. He was the best offensive mind in football 
and he was developing and building a culture in the Rams where he was it was very it was very player oriented, player free, ran by the players. And it was I mean for the time being it was it was working. He won, he won a lot of he won a lot of games and it got them to a Super Bowl. With Sean McVay though, it, you know, they of, of course the Rams the Rams went really top heavy. And the reason why they really went top heavy and they went out and acquired all of these big time stars, they played in LA. They played in LA. And you know, I know there's been some um there's been some some backlash from the Rams because they feel like well, because you know the Rams and the Chargers, they are sharing stadiums. They're sharing stadiums, and both teams, you know, they, you know, they take fifty percent of the revenue. The Chargers take fifty percent of the revenue. The Rams take the other fifty percent of the revenue. And the Rams, you know, backlash. The Rams just don't feel like they should. You know, the Chargers should take half of the revenue, but. If you look at what's going on with the Rams right now and what's going on with the Chargers, the Rams, you know, if if, if, if they got rid of Todd Gurley, that was supposed to be their star running back. Got rid of, you know, they traded away Todd Gurley. Not to mention, Hakeem Talib gave away him for a bag of chips. Gave away Marcus Peters to Baltimore. And now you look at that defense, and they got they got they they acquired Jalen Ramsey. Um, he's a he's a he's a great young corner. But if if Aaron Donald was to get hurt, I'm not wishing injury upon them. But if Aaron Donald was to get hurt, what what would that front seven look like? They lost Corey Littleton. They lost Dante Fowler. So what would that what would that front seven look like? And if their front seven is not generating enough pressure up front, that's that that puts more that puts even more pressure and heat on the Rams. And this whole thing about the LA thing and you know them not wanting to share with the Chargers, I'm looking at the Chargers. The Chargers are a quarterback away. If the if the Chargers can find the right quarterback, the Chargers have pieces in play. They got the star receivers, they got Hunter Henry, they had the receiving core, they have the pass rushers, they got the they got the guys up front in the front seven. Darren James is a really he's probably he's probably one of the best. He's you know, he can make the argument that he's the best safety in the league. And they have two good cornerbacks. So the Chargers are a quarterback away from being like really, really good. And with Tyrod Taylor this is what I was talking about with Tyrod Taylor and Cam. Since Cam's 2015, I mean, you know, since his 2015 MVP year, Tyrod Taylor has been slightly better. Has more wins. He's completed more of his passes. He has less interceptions. Tyrod Taylor has been slightly better than Cam Newton since his MVP season. And... Tyrod Taylor had a winning record with the Browns and Bills. During those, during that time he was there, both of those organizations were so-called, quote-unquote, rebuilding. 
And he had a winning record with those teams. He had a winning record with those rebuilding teams. So the Chargers, I mean, if you look at, like, who's who's really creating the real buzz in L.A., it may, it, you know, the Rams may think they are creating the real buzz in L.A., but the Chargers, if they if they get the if they land the right quarterback, the Chargers might be the real buzz in L.A. in terms and you know when it comes to football teams, I mean they might be bringing in the most. Now the only thing with the Chargers is their fan base. Their fan base is you know in San Diego and. You know, people. You know the LA, LA people. Just the LA. The, you know the LA people. Though you know they just haven't adapted to the Chargers. You know it seems like the Rams um, have been more adaptable. Maybe because they're flashy. But that's what I'm saying. The Rams don't look too flashy right now. The Rams look like they're playing second fiddle, and the Chargers look more in position. The Chargers didn't go out and get all these stars. The Chargers drafted a lot of these guys. They drafted Joey Bosa. They drafted Darren James. They drafted Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen. It seems like the Chargers have the have a little bit more juice. And the Rams, you know, they may look like the flashy toy, but they're losing all of their guys. And plus, Jerry Goff has the biggest cap hit. He has the biggest cap hit in the league. So we don't know who who who's really running LA in terms of you know the football. Who, who because the Rams feel like they bring more value and they bring more fan of fear, which is true. Cause yeah, which is true, because I would definitely say the Rams have more of a fan base in LA. Definitely. But you look at where both teams and where both organizations are trending, the Rams are steadily going downward um, in a really tough division and a really tough conference where the Chargers, yeah, they got Kansas City in their division. But after that, it's really wide open. And with this, you know, they can still sneak into the playoffs in the, in, 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 in the weaker AFC. So... You know, that's just something to talk about. That's something to think about because the Rams, you know, with all their stars that they had, they thought they had more juice. But let's transition. Let's transition. So I've been getting a lot of slack with my Cowboy takes. I've been getting a lot of slack. And I've been on this podcast, I've been usually pro-Cowboys. I've been usually pro-Dak. I'm not anti-Cowboy. I'm not anti-Dak. I still like Dak. And I still I like the Cowboys roster. Don't love it. I like it though. I mean, you got you, you have stars in some key positions. I just don't think they have enough depth and um with the new head coach and just the circumstances giving, I just don't think they're a playoff team this year. And here's why. I've seen this graphic on a show. Um, I went and I went and did my own research, and I got my own graphic. Obviously, obviously, you guys can't see it, but I can see it, and I'm going to read it out to you. So this is the Cowboys' upcoming 2020 schedule, and what I did was I had the Cowboys' upcoming schedule, 
and the Eagles' upcoming schedule. We um we know who they're playing. We just don't know when they're playing. Now what I did is I did Dak. You know I did the quarterbacks that you know the quarterbacks of these teams. So the you know the Cowboys they play the Browns they play the Steelers they play they play the AFC North. Uh, and the you know they got some NFC South teams, and I did the quarterbacks of those teams, and these are the quarterbacks that these are the quarterbacks that Dak is going to have to play, and that the Cowboys are going to have to that the Cowboys are going to have to face this upcoming year. Daniel Jones twice, Carson Wentz twice, Dwayne Haskins twice, possibly um, whoever the Redskins decide to be their starter, I think it'd be Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they play Kyler Murray, they play Baker Mayfield. They play Ben Roethlisberger. They play Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. Now, just by the just by the looks of those quarterbacks, I can already tell you, Russell Wilson is better than Dak. Jared, Matt Ryan is better than Dak. Lamar Jackson is better than Dak. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Dak. Carson Wentz is better than Dak. Ben Roethlisberger is better than Dak. You could make the argument that Jared Goff is better than Dak. And you could make the argument that Kirk Cousins is better than Dak. So there is possibly, that well, definitely, definitely Russell Wilson is better than Dak. Matt Ryan is definitely better than Dak. Lamar Jackson is definitely better than Dak. Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely better than Dak. Carson Wentz, definitely better than Dak. So those are five quarterbacks that most people would say, Definitely better than Dak Prescott. Def, those are five quarterbacks. And mind you, he has to play Carson Wentz two times. So five quarterbacks. Um, Carson Wentz is in that quarterback. So it's in that, it is amongst those five quarterbacks that he have to play. Um, Carson Wentz, you play him twice. So that is six times where Dak Prescott is at least. The six times where Dak Prescott is at least the second best quarterback on the field. Now, I get to guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. That's eight quarterbacks that you can make the argument that is better that you, you can make the argument that they're better than Dak. So that's eight, that's that's three more quarterbacks. That's that makes it eight quarterbacks that you can make the argument that Dak that you know, that's better than Dak. So that is a total of nine times, nine times where Dak and the Cowboys, Dak would not be the best quarterback on the field. That's nine times where Dak is not going to be the best quarterback on the field. You guys still think the quarterback position, it's really key in this league. What did I say later in, in the season? What did I say in this? Do, what did I say at the end of the season? Look at the teams that struggled last year. Look at the teams that struggled last year. Look at the teams who at the bottom, like at the like near the bottom of the league: Cincinnati, Washington, Jacksonville. Look at those teams. They all had the worst quarterback play. Detroit, Matthew Stafford got hurt. They had to bring in backups. Look at the bottom feeders of the league. They had the worst, they had by far the worst quarterback play. So the quarterback 
is an important position. And the most important, and it's, it's the most important position. And this is how Vegas comes up with the wins, unders, and overs. This is how Vegas comes up with it. Vegas has nine and a half. Vegas put it at, they put the over and under for the Cowboys at nine and a half. I'm going under. I, I'm going under. I think they go. I think they get nine, and I think they get nine wins. I'm saying nine and seven, and I don't think that would be enough to make the playoffs. It very, it, 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 it can be. It can be. It could be good enough to make the playoffs at nine and seven with the seventh seed, the last seed. That can be. That, that can sneak them into the playoffs. But I have this team going nine and seven. This is a nine and seven, eight and eighteen. Because nine times, there's going to be nine games where Dak is, is not the best quarterback. Dak is the second best quarterback on the field. Nine times. Now, you guys have been arguing about my Philadelphia pick to win the division. I think the Eagles are going to win the division. I did this. I think the Eagles are going to win the division. Look at the quarterbacks first. Eagles have a favorable has have a favorable schedule. Secondly, look at the, let's look at the quarterbacks that Carson Wentz is going to have to play. Daniel Jones twice, Dak Prescott twice, Dwayne Haskins twice. He's the best quarterback in the division. He's better than all three of those guys. Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Breeze, Rodgers, Baker, Kyle Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe Joe Burrow. If the you know most likely the Bengals you know most likely Cincinnati will draft Joe Burrow. So the only time Carson Wentz would not be the best quarterback on the field would be Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. You can make the argument that Drew Brees is a little bit better than than Carson Wentz. Uh, I'd rather have a younger Carson Wentz than an older Drew Brees. That's just me. Um, a 40-year-old Drew Brees. You can make the argument. I, 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 could, I would probably make the argument that I would take Drew Brees. But for argument's sake, there's three times, possibly four times, there's four times where, where Carson Wentz would not be the second-best quarterback in the football, in, in, on the field. Four times. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Every other time, Carson Wentz will be the best quarterback on the field. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's better than Joe Burrow. He's better than Jared Goff. He's better than his division foes. He's better than Baker. He's better than Kyler Murray. He's better than Roethlisberger right now. So it's only four times will Carson when when, when that Carson Wentz will be the second best quarterback on the field. And some of these times, like with Drew Brees, Aaron Lamar, there's not much of a gap. There's not much of a gap with some of these quarterbacks that's that that I am saying that is better than Carson Wentz. Drew Brees, you want to say he's better than Carson Wentz? Okay, he's better than Carson Wentz right now. It's like how big is the gap between Drew Brees right now and Carson Wentz right now? Mm, not too big. How big is the gap between Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz right now? Mm, uh, I would give I would give Aaron the edge, but Carson Wentz did go up to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers last year. 
So Lamar Jackson and a healthy Carson Wentz. How big is the gap? I think Lamar's a little bit better, but how big is the gap? So even the quarterbacks that are better than Carson Wentz, or that you could make the argument that it's better than that, you know, there's not a huge gap. There's not a huge gap. So this is why I think the Eagles are going to win the division. This is why I think the Cowboys are going to come in second place. Dak is the second best quarterback in the division. Dak will be going against, you know, he'll be going against, what, eight other quarterbacks. He'll be going against eight other quarterbacks that are better than him, and he has to play those guys nine times. Nine times, Dak will be the second best quarterback on the field. That's why I chose the Eagles to win the division. That is why I chose the Eagles to win the division. I'll be back shortly. So, a couple people asked me about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, and you know, because you know, I've been talking about uh, mainly Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, and then you can go look at you know Todd McShay, Mel Kiper, those guys, um, those you know Danny Connect. You can go look at those guys' um, mock drafts, and they have. You know, Burrow, you know, Herbert or Tua, Tua, Herbert, have you have or you think that's what they may go. Um, Justin Love and Jacob Easton, they have all five quarterbacks going in the first round. And a couple of people asked me about Jalen Hurts and where he's going to land. Mind you, okay, let me tell you about Jalen Hurts. Uh, at Alabama, thought he was a great runner. Um, the passing concepts that they ran for him. Um, the plays that they ran for him, that they that they called up and you know drew up for Jalen Hurts, I think were uh, they were effective for his skill set and his you know his skill set. He thrived. He was really good. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate. He he broke a lot of records there. He was really good and he took that Alabama offense to a whole nother level that we never saw. And then when Tua Tagovailoa took over the job, we saw a whole nother dimension of the Alabama offense, uh, at least under Nick Saban, uh, the 12 years that Nick Saban has been there. Uh, the, you know, those two quarterbacks, you know, mainly Tua, but those two quarterbacks have really shown another dimension of Alabama offense because usually, his, you know, he has pocket, pa- you know, Nick Saban has pocket passers, real conservative, they run the football, they might take a couple shots here and there. That just wasn't the case for Alabama football and the and you know their offense. Uh, the, these last two three years, they have been down. You know, deep shots, a lot of deep plays, play action, a lot of option. It's a whole different dimension that we saw in Alabama. Uh, got pulled for the national title game. He took not took Bama all the way to the national title game. 
struggled in the first half, and what he struggled with was stretching the field. Georgia NFL defense. Georgia has nothing but NFL guys on their on their defense mainly, um, and and throughout their program. So when it was time to go against NFL type defense guys that could really really like flat out play, uh, Jalen Hurts had he had problems stretching the field and. You know, couldn't get the ball, couldn't hit the deep shots. You know, those 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 throws, fifteen yards or or further. He he struggled to hit those throws on point on target, um, and then that's what that's what led to Tua taking over in the second half and going in and winning the game. And since then, you know, Jalen Hurts had his you know tremendous story. Uh, graduated from Alabama and then transferred. Uh, for another year of eligibility to Oklahoma, had a great year at Oklahoma, had a Heisman Trophy, you know, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, he, had, he had a big year at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. And this year at Oklahoma, this past year at Oklahoma, he had some great weapons around him. And um, I know Lincoln Riley, he does a great job with, his, with all of his quarterbacks because, you know, Baker won the Heisman, uh, Kyler Murray won the Heisman, and... Jalen Hurst was a Heisman candidate. So he does a great job with his quarterbacks and, you know, making them better and putting them in easier spots and positions. Um, and, yes, I did see a lot of improvement uh, in, in, in Jalen Hurts' mechanics, um, his down-the-field throwing. Um, just as an overall quarterback, I saw a lot of improvement of improvements. And it's just that's just not what I saw. From him, you know, his, you know, that 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 year, that first year, at Alabama, where he was the starter, you know, he was first his first year starting at Alabama, just didn't see that. Um, he just he didn't have the touch. His touch, um, his throwing touch has gotten a, a lot better. So I mean, maybe he's a second, third round guy since there's such a, since it's such a high demand of quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, maybe he's a second, third round guy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so. That's where you know, maybe you know, maybe even later. But I do think he could be. You know, if he goes to the right system, right team, right fit. The fit is always is always critical, um, especially in today's game. But he's mobile. His his his. You know, his touch, his accuracy, his down the field accuracy. Uh, most importantly, has gotten better. It's improved, certainly. It's improved. Um, still got some things to clean up in, in his mechanics at times. He can get his mechanics can be a little wacky at times, but he's overall he's gotten better. And he had a great year, at Oklahoma, and he should be getting drafted. Um, in, you know, in the next few weeks. Not a first rounder, Bob. Not a first rounder, but definitely a guy that's going to get drafted. Um, so let's shift, let's shift gears one last, let's, let's go into one last thing. I want to talk about a couple teams that should have a big day on draft day. First, I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have a plethora of picks, of draft picks that can play around with. Um, if they're not sold on Tua or Herbert, if they like, uh, oh, we don't really care for Herbert, uh, oh, we don't really care for Tua, we're not going to take a chance on Tua's health, okay. They go around for Pat, they go around Fitzpatrick, they will build that O line. 
Uh, their receivers are really good. They they have a nice they have a nice young receiving core. I think that might be an underrated part of the Dolphins' offense. But it's a it's an underrated it's a young receiving core that they have. So they can build. They they don't have to they don't they don't have to necessarily draft the receiver. They want to draft offensive line, build that O line. Um, they went out and spent money on their defense. So, uh, you know the, the guys that you know if they do draft some type of you know defensive guys. They will probably they're, they're probably you know depending with with what's their position, they'll probably be a second stringer or you know a backup. They'd be a backup uh, because they've really you know Dolphins Brian Flores went out and spent money on their defense. I like what they did in free agency. Uh, I would you, I think I I think in the draft you know coming up with the draft coming up I think I will like the moves that the Dolphins will make. Um, with you know, with they have so many options that in in so many routes they can go, where I think they will be fine. Um, it's no way that um the Dolphins that I you know that, that they can't they did that they won't have a good day on draft day. I think the Dolphins will have a good day on draft day. Plethora of picks, so they can move up. Or they can use those picks to trade for players and put players in spots in certain spots. Uh, if they don't draft the quarterback, like I said, they say, "Hey, we don't want Tua. We don't want to um, take a. We don't want to take a chance on Tua. So be it. If they don't like, they don't. They don't. If they don't particularly like Justin Herbert, so be it. They go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever. They draft the quarterback next year. Um, so I, I think the Dolphins will have. I think they're going to have a good day on draft day with the picks that they have, with all the options that's laid down on the table. They should have a good day on draft day. Um, the 49ers, the 49ers, you know, they were NFC champions, got to the Super Bowl. Um, they had a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl, lost it. Um, and when you go back and look at that game, the 49ers, yes, they were dynamic offensively. They have a star tight end. Uh, they got a nice young receiver in Debo Samuel that I like. Um, they got a, you know, they got, you know, it's, it seems like a running back by committee. Um, we see, you know, who who is the who's the starter? You know, if it's going to be Raheem Mostert or uh, Tevin Coleman, we see. But it seems like it's a, they have a running back by committee, which is not bad. I, I I prefer that. You look at all the smart coaches. The smart coaches in this league have resulted you know, to going to that type of scheme and system as far as their running backs and their running game. Um, so the 49ers, they traded, they got the, they traded the Forrest Buckner um, to the Colts. They got the 13th pick. So the 13th pick, uh, I think they're going to draft the receiver. I told you guys, John Lynch will do, um, he'll, he'll make the right call. I think the 49ers will draft another receiver. I think they'll draft a guy like C.D. Lamb. If the 49ers were able to get their hands on a guy like C.D. Lamb, I think that would tremendously help um, the 49ers, and, you know, in their offense, Jimmy Garoppolo, period. I think it would help. Um, when you think of, you know, you, you typically don't want to take receivers really high, and, and, and especially in a receiver-loaded draft where this is like, I think, this, I, I, think I said this already on um, numerous occasions, but this is probably the best receiver draft I've ever seen. So you would, you know, you would think you don't want to take a receiver, um, at, you know, so high at thirteen. But I feel like when you when you are you're the defending NFC champions, 
you uh you you, you know you lost Emmanuel Sanders Emmanuel Sanders via free agency. You were you were minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. I feel like you go all, you go all, you go all out. You cash in. You get the receiver. You help out Jimmy Garoppolo. You expand. You make your your offense much more versatile, much more harder to stop. Um, you know, because when you look at that 49ers offense, especially in the Super Bowl, it got it got a little limited. You know, Kittle. I, you know, Kittle. You know, he's a he's a he's a machine. He's a monster. But you know, he got neutralized. Uh, or Jim Garoppolo missed him at times. Uh, Debo Samuel. He's young. He's a rookie. Um, so you know, they 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 could use another option. And I think C. D. Lamb. He has he has the potential to be a, a like a superstar receiver. So we, I think uh, the, the you know the Niners they should take a chance on that. I think the Niners will have a good day um, on draft day. I think the, I think the Niners fans and and I think the Niners organization in the front office will be very pleased with their day um, in the draft. Uh, now the Lions and the Giants. I think the Lions and the Giants. Them, they might, they very, they very well might be, they very well might be in prime positions as well. Um, the Giants and the Lions are both uh, rebuilding. It seems like the Lions are gonna stick with, they're gonna stick with Matthew Stafford. I don't understand why, um, but the, it, it, but you know that's that's what they're doing. They're gonna stick. That's what it seems like they're doing. They're gonna stick with. They're gonna stick with Matthew Stafford. He's gonna be their guy. So with the you know with a team like the Lions and Giants, they are rebuilding teams. They are high up in the draft, and they don't need to draft the quarterback. Both teams have their quarterbacks. So you would think this would be a time for like the Giants to draft a tackle. You you know the Chargers they may really want Herbert. They draft up for Herbert. Because um, they don't know the Dolphins, because you know there's rumors that the Dolphins really like Herbert over Tua, so the Chargers, you know, if they really want Herbert, they you you call the Chargers, pick up the phone, you make a deal, you trade, you go you go down, you take picks, you take picks from them, or you take you take um uh, you know one of those good cornerbacks, you know they have because the Chargers have two good cornerbacks, you can you can exchange one of those cornerbacks, drop down a little bit. You still build your offensive line. You get your tackle um, that will help because with you know with a rebuilding team and, and you're not needing a quarterback, um, this is the time to accumulate players and picks. You mean is you need as many good players or as many good deals and picks as possible when you are when you are a rebuilding team and you already have your quarterback position solidified, especially the Giants because the Giants. Quarterback, young, Daniel Jones. I like him. I like what I saw from him. Um, you know, I like some of you know what I saw from from you know from this year. Um, the Lions, Matthew Stafford, a little bit older. They have to build them with the draft regardless because you know Matthew Stafford's contract outrageous. Uh, and you know they they, they haven't they haven't done nothing in free agency. They lost a couple guys in free agency, and they just have to rebuild. Period. So. I think um, you know the you know, the, the Giants. You know they're really in some. The, the Giants are really in prime position. So to, you know to build that offensive line, accumulate players as many good players and good picks as possible. 
And those are my teams that I think that will um they have some you know I just want to close that out with that. I think those are the teams that will have some big time, uh, big time moves, big time you know picks, draft picks on draft day, at least for the first round. I think those would be the moves that um those would be some those would be some teams to really look out for to really stand out for. Um, Houston, uh, they don't have any first round picks. I was just thinking about Deshaun Watson. What is the future looking like for Deshaun Watson? But, um, that we, that is, that is a whole other can of worms. But, um, without further ado, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the podcast of the IKP. Um, you guys are doing a great job with clicking from all those platforms, all those various platforms that you guys access this podcast on. Um, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those, all those various platforms that you guys use to access this very podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and clicking in. Um, it's been great. Hope you guys continue to practice social distancing, wash your hands, um, quarantining, enjoying your family, enjoying all those things. Like I said. Um, I would like to shout out the um, the, the you know the, the workers, the, the people that are front line that sit that stands on the front line doing work that are deemed essential. Thank you to them. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, stay wealthy. I catch you guys. Um, always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out.